0: Now.
1: Three, two, one, go. What's up, everybody? This is episode one oh six of Cooldown Time, the weekly show where two ridiculously busy guys Cool down and talk video games. I'm your graphically impressive host of the show, Marco. And joining me is a technical mess of the show, Pablo. Pablo, are you are you in super dad mode this week? What's
0: going on with you, man? How's 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 life treating you over there? Yeah, man. Um, you know, it's it's a case of a, of a child, a brand new human being, being exposed to mm. all the germs in the world. Damn. And so my baby, my little guy, is sick. And so you know, I've been. Uh, between me and the wife, we've been taking uh, care of him. I have a very flexible kind of schedule. My wife has a very kind of rigid schedule. So mm. I tended to, sometimes I tend to stay with the child a little more when he's sick, when these went unexpected. So, yeah. you know, which is more than okay. Because my wife does already planning it, probably too much. Probably, uh, should probably do more. But, you know, that's <laughs> just the way, uh, How you know, that's the way life goes. But yeah, definitely a, um, the cool time for me right now just yeah. to kind of relax and, and talk video games with my buddy here yeah man uh, how about you man how's it going well, i think we're both living up to the
1: ridiculously busy uh moniker that we got here because uh yeah yeah yeah, I, yeah yeah i've been on the same kind of thing my, my daughter's not sick or anything it's just been kind of like a, a heavy ass work week dude it's one of those weeks where it's like everybody yeah. needs you for everything and it's like what 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 don't we have <laughs> ai for this now like why do y'all keep calling me um
0: chat gpt go ask the chat go to the chat i'll tell you <laughs> Out here writing music, they can you know solve a HR issue.
1: Seriously, uh, no man, but I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm keeping the energy going, I'm I'm, I'm fighting through uh, the yawns and the sleepiness uh, to talk games because we have a hell of a lot to talk about, Pablo. Speaking of which, why don't you tell us what's on the docket for this week's episode?
0: I got you, man. In this episode, the Xbox ABK merger suffered a huge blow. What is going on here? We talk about that. Plus, our early impressions of Star Wars Jedi Survivor and the last case of Benedict Fox. Also, we find out if Marco was wrong about Hojima's death stranding, Mm -hmm. he's going to... He's going to illuminate us on that one. Uh, and then for our main event of the show, our hype scores for the biggest games left in 2023. You thought it was over, but there's so many much more games coming. We're going to we're gonna check in on our hype level. And we're going to uh, overestimate, underestimate uh, here on Checkpoint. Yeah, man. We got a lot going on, man. We have a lot of stuff to talk
1: about this week. So let's not waste any time, bro. Let's get right into the first segment of the show. Dedicated to the games we've been playing since y'all last heard from us. We call Loadouts. Let's go.
0: All systems nominal. Loadouts ready.
1: All right, man. So when it comes to Loadouts, I think yours uh, has the, the, the new freshness going on. So I think we'll go ahead and kick yeah. it over to you first. Tell me what you got going on, man.
0: Yeah, well, I'm playing... Uh the biggest game that had that come out this week and that's Jedi Survivor mm-hmm. uh, quickly I just kind of want to get the performance stuff out of the way I am not playing on PC I know there's a huge issue with PC gamers right now so let me get that out the way I'm playing on Xbox Series X I'm, I'm playing solely on perform- performance mode I'm told the Xbox versions has some issues maintaining 60 frames I don't doubt that but because I have a VR monitor and the fact that I'm not overtly sensitive to those things if it, it's dropping from 60 to 50 I'm not seeing it uh so so far so good i will say the game isn't perfect uh there is some study going on from gameplay to cutscene transitions Mm. uh and it's persistent and it takes like half a second for the cutscene to kind of fall in place in terms of of like timing uh so that's a little annoying because it's 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 made to look seamless, like going from gameplay to uh to cutscene. And I see the transition there, and it's nice. It's just not working right now. So that stutter does take away take you away from the game just a little because of how often it goes into cutscenes specifically uh early on. Uh but I will say um I was having some issues with combat when you were doing kind of like uh the uh blocking and trying to evade. It was blurry, and there was some color issues going on, but that went away when I turned off uh, Motion Blur and that Chromatic aberration bullshit that all these <laughs> games have. As soon as I turned that off, that's it. Uh, but one thing <clears throat> that you couldn't turn off is that Cal Kestis is still ugly as fuck, <laughs> I tell you, boy. That man. All right, you red-headed. have to wait until I drank a sip of my Hawaiian Punch Blue. Man. All right? Andrew... Andrew Santino on crack. This man looks like if anybody knows who that is. Uh, I thought you were going to have that, a normal
1: episode this week. You came in real normal at the top of the show,
0: and then all of a sudden, well, I, gotta, you, I can't.
1: I can't trust I, you. I can't trust
0: you. I gotta. I gotta warm up, man. But I mean, there is no toggle for Cal Kessis make look f- decent. You need an uh, insanity toggle
1: is what you need. But go ahead.
0: Man, well, I'm telling you, man, I'm going crazy. Look at that man's face. But <laughs> with that said, taking all those negatives out of the picture because those aren't those aren't nothing. those are yeah, yeah, definitely yeah, things that course. we have to touch on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that said, I have to say, Jedi Survivor is absolutely excellent. Uh, it improves every single way uh, on the things that Jedi Fallen Order has started. Graphically, the game is jaw is jaw dropping, uh, beautiful. It really is. I it just, it's one of those things where uh, you look up and everything that's happening in the city in the background is absolutely amazing uh it's world it's world design and and map design is next level uh when compared to fallen order everything just looks so much more beautiful the 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 level design is so much more complex and open uh it's it really does um do a lot in that way and it it just really makes each of those places and each of those levels each of those worlds so unique and, and and so well thought out you can tell that they really put their time into that um the character design is greatly improved every character in that game uh Looks less derpy than they did in Fallen in Order. Mm. Uh, it's not it, it's not like a overhaul of the engine, but there's definitely improvements there for sure. They're using that next gen uh hardware to the best of their ability. Uh, and those cutscenes, once you get past the stuttering, they're absolutely mind blowing, amazing peak Star Wars shit going on. But also just the fact that just you can appreciate what 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 went into making those cutscenes. It's just it's really uh something to behold. Combat animations and death animations are particularly superb they're just so good uh the first game for whatever reason lucas arts did not want uh respawn to to dismember like humans mm, i remember that like yeah you can dismember animals Disney, and, very and, and Disney. things that weren't right <laughs> that that's no longer the case you can dismember a stormtrooper uh his, his arms or legs it's it's actually pretty brutal now, there's no it, blood i'm, I'm guessing know.
1: there's no blood though right
0: there's no blood. Yeah, okay. Uh, but but the but that that has always been kind of um talked about in Star Wars lore where there's no blood because the lightsaber cauterizes the wound and so you don't see the the blood come out because it whatever yeah, bullshit yeah. sure but who cares we're talking about um Jedi monks uh you know uh, monks in space so we're good um uh but yeah no but uh the <laughs> Yo, something <laughs> is really wrong with you all right keep going man keep going. <laughs> in the brain (laughs) the the story is pretty engaging though I I will say I I think you I don't think you have to be a Star Wars fan I was having this conversation with Marco on the side I don't think you have to be a Star Wars fan to truly appreciate what's going on you you have to know the gist of it obviously the introduction cutscene the thing that recaps the first game amazing. I need every game company that's making a sequel to look at that and do it that way. Cinematic as fuck. It isn't just a one-for-one retelling. It's told in a way that's really, really intuitive, and and it's artistic. It just looks beautiful to look at as well. It's not just uh, cut scenes from the old game. They really did something really awesome nice. with it. Um, and so with that said, w- being caught up, the Jedi being hunted, and you are Cal Kestis, you're a rebel, uh, Jedi rebel, and you're trying to, you know, get to the bottom and trying to get some information on the, on the Republic. And, That's all you need to know, and in terms of that, that story is pretty engaging, and I'm really liking what they're doing. One thing that a lot of sequels do, specifically sequels that are really based on upgrading your player with new abilities, Mm -hmm. is in the sequel, they tend to take that shit away. Uh, Jedi Survivor does not do that it gives you everything that you could have <laughs> unlocked in the first game and then it improves upon that one of the things that they do is that they give you an added thing it's like a hook shot basically for traversal oh. and they give that to you like within the first 10 minutes of the game. Like they're not even fucking around with that shit. And it absolutely opens up traversals, uh, traversal in a way that really, it's pretty amazing. You, you can combine that with your wall running, your, your wall jumping, and then the hook shot to something else. It feels else. very
1: respawn to me. Stringing together ways to yeah. kind of pla- like platform and parkour in a way. Yeah. Very Titanfall. And, and yeah,
0: and absolutely now The hook shot is uh, it's, you can only use it in certain spots, but mm-hmm. it, it's it's there enough to where you can see the vision in terms of how to get to the next uh, area. Um, I think that the the hook shot itself is is really it's a really good. Uh, application to the game in terms of like because a lot of things about the first game is specifically traversal once you kind of figure out oh there looks like that that's a wall I could run on once you do that it, it just becomes a little like by the numbers traversal does in, in that way when you see this sometimes you're running along the wall that that wall caves in and all of a sudden oh you know you can hook shot over there that kind of stuff keeps it, those those moments pretty fresh um, well father order was uh, You know, the whole essence of Fallen Order was time to bring Cal back from being a Jedi. Uh, you know, bringing back to the Jedi uh, Alliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very much just je- him. His story just became becoming a complete badass. Um, I-, I like the transition of Cal. His attitudes completely changed. If you're a Star Wars fan, just liken it to Luke in Empire, and then his transition to Luke in Return of the Jedi. How he's more so- he was more serious, a more serious kind of Jedi, uh, a person not to be fucked with, for lack of a better term. And I think they pull that off without it being uh, cheesy at all. Um, now. Can this game keep up? It's relentless and amazing moment to moment gameplay and story moments. We're gonna have to see. I'm definitely gonna kind of, you know, keep you guys updated as I play the game to yeah. see what if this keeps up. Uh, because if it keeps up, this could be one of the better games of the year. Now I had no doubt that this would be a good game, but if you would have told me the sequel to Fall in Order would have been a top three, top five game. In the year where you have Bethesda's new uh, RPG, right. a new yeah. Zelda game, you know it, it'd be kind of like you know Final Fantasy, Spider Man Two. It, no way! And mm. honestly, I'm having so much fun with this game, and the, it's such a quality triple A game that I am. I'd be shocked if the game doesn't it keeps up this this pace and it doesn't reach my top five. Wow, um, nice! And I, I remember hey. you not really loving like the first game too much. I think you right. liked it fine, but
1: I don't think you were over the moon about it like this though.
0: Right, I thought yeah. it was really, I thought it was cool. I thought it was probably some of the best uh, video game Star Wars content in a very long time. Mm. Unfortunately, it just wasn't. It didn't blow me away. This game, off rip, is already blowing me away. So that's a very good sign. Nice, um, but we'll we'll see if it keeps it up. Uh, but yeah, and then um, I am playing another game here. Uh, this is another. Is this a Xbox exclusive? I don't think so. I could look that up okay. while you talk about it. Though, go ahead. Yeah, that, that, I'm talking about the last case of Benedict Cumberbatch. No, st- I'm kidding. Uh, Benedict <laughs> right. Fox. Uh, listen. Uh, it as is. I grow it's up, a console exclusive. It is. Okay. So, more disappointing news for Xbox. Listen, I, I don't oh. want to foreshadow too much here, but as as I grow up with video games in my life, I've come to like this sad realization that I can absolutely appreciate games like Benedict Fox, but I, I have to learn that I have to move on from them. I cannot play these games. Aesthetically, it's appealing to me. I think everything it's doing with the Nora S setting is enticing. And the all around world setting is kind of, it's pretty beautiful uh, to look at. But it, it, it does, there is a vision for the art style that is being held back by the gameplay because they do the throw everything at the wall gameplay, which is it is a platformer, it is a Souls like uh uh heavy light attack parry combat thing it is a metroidvania Mm -hmm. it is a puzzle it is an environmental puzzle game it does all those things and i would say to be nice to it i can call it a jack of all trades but that's too much of a compliment for that game because i don't think it does any of those things it's particularly interesting it's more like a,
1: a pot of spoiled gumbo that's what it yeah. is. Yeah.
0: It has all the right ingredients but they, they cooked it too long and then they left <laughs> it out for like 8 days. It's 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 just not it doesn't work for me at all. Yeah. Um a game like Celeste, like it's a game like an indie game that I can appreciate but the reason I played it and I played it through and I loved it is because it focused on one thing. It's story And it's platforming and how those two things can be how those two things can be can coalesce and coexist and talk to each other and be a part of the same thing. Mm -hmm. The story inform the story informs the gameplay, the gameplay informs the story. I don't feel any of this in this game. It just feels like this this cool story that's going on that, you know, with, with the death of a father that he never met, but then the actual going about the investigation of the house. It's just so uninteresting to me yeah. in, in, in so many ways. Uh, so, you know, I, I would say ultimately for me, this is the game that I'm not going to continue to play. Uh, I, 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 I want to say, I want to say, uh, this is just not for me, but I do think a lot like 12 minutes, this is actually just a bad game. Uh, I, I really do believe that. Yeah. I, just kind of what I played from it. It's not like, I, it's not like it's not a game for me. It's not, but I also think, those who are in love with as like Marco might be, who are in love with side-scrolling kind of Souls-esque games, they're not going to find the satisfaction in this game because it's none of it is the quality in which the visuals reflect it could have been. Um, yeah. Also, the voice acting is atrocious. Oh, man, that so was, I was going to bring that up, too, because I, I played it for a Her, little bit. Uh, yeah. That voice acting is
1: laughable. If y'all thought... Yeah. I mean, this makes... like. The whole Ada Wong Resident Evil like thing looked like oh, she yeah, was Joe fucking Troy yeah. Baker or something in comparison.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, it's so bad. And and I want to say I don't I don't want to be like the guy. Oh, not every game has to be this incredible artistic triple A double A uh, Celeste like. Uh, experience, and you're 100 percent right. I'm playing Dead Island 2 and that is a mid game for sure. Mm. But it is it's concentrated on three things, and it nails those three things, and I'm having a fucking blast with that game. Yeah. Like I don't care, I don't care that the story sucks, or sure, that uh, you know, characters aren't great, but because it nails three things that it's, it's focused on, it's a blast. You can have those, those 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 popcorn uh not great games and still enjoy the shit out of them. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I have to play them all either. So.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I'm with you on that one. And, uh, you know, look, we're a podcast of busy people with a listenership of busy people. I think at a certain point games like this that try to do like seven different things from seven different games you love and they try to like mash it up into one thing like and it doesn't click in the early stages of the game it's not going to click later on it's not it's not yeah. one of those games that okay well maybe if i put in 3 hours this is all going to start to coalesce and come together and feel right like yeah some of these types of games that, that do that that little bit of everything kind of strategy they just they don't click. And and that first thirty minutes yeah. is, is like the game's opportunity to show you that, hey, we, we borrowed these elements from all these other games and we made it make sense and let's show you how yeah. to get you to buy in to stick around for the rest of the game. This game completely bombs at that. It's like immediately you like, oh, I like the look of the game. And then that's kind of like the drop-off point immediately. It's like, oh, as soon as I start yep. controlling this guy, the mapping of the, like, the, the movement and the attacks are like, this doesn't even feel like it makes sense. This is mapped here. Yeah. That's not natural. I want to do it this way because that's what every game does. Oh, that's right. But it's also trying to be a Souls-like game. So that's why it's doing that. It just gets really
0: clunky and muddy yeah. and it doesn't
1: feel good to play at all. So I'm I'm with you too, yeah.
0: And I we have to start. I have to start being more attuned to the silence because Microsoft has not talked about this game. And no besides reviews. Like, it. there's
1: one review, literally. Uh, yeah, that's not. Yeah, good Yeah,
0: so it's kind of like, yeah. You got you got to listen to the silence at that point because yeah. you know they're telling you something without. S- Somerville was another one where mm-hmm. they announced it and they didn't talk about it until like a couple of weeks before release, and that game wasn't very good either. So you know, I I, I Microsoft at the very least Microsoft isn't 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 forcing something that you throw that's garbage however they did pay some money for it to be exclusive to their console and it's going to be forever see uh, int- intensively uh, sorry if I said that were wrong a tied to Xbox and another game another exclusive another bad you know bad addition to that library of game pass making game pass once again you know seem a little bit redundant like it doesn't seem like it, you
1: need it right now yeah you know yeah it's a bit anemic right now on that side of the of
0: they the swung some they, they swung hard and 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 have missed i mean 12 minutes was another one that's been that was highly anticipated yeah uh and, and just completely fall flat on well, the face this will definitely be the last case of the last
1: case of benedict fox uh for
0: sure yes uh. all
1: right so let me go ahead and jump in man uh all right, we got some we got some follow-ups to do here. Um, l- let's get the big one out of the way. Let's talk about it. Um, so for those of you who didn't check out last week's episode, uh, I uh, decided on a whim to go back and revisit Death Stranding. Um, long story short, I felt like you know when the game came out, I just didn't like the, the, the walking simulator aspect of things. I thought the Kojima-isms were really fucked up and stupid. And I felt like overall, uh, he has lost his way uh, since MGS three, and that's kind of been my um, my stance on him. If you've listened to the show long term, but I decided, you know, I was kind of in this weird waiting period between these big releases, and I thought, right, okay, let's let me, let me come back to it. So last week I kind of, you know started the process of kind of apologizing and doubling back on my stance about Death Stranding because at that point last week when we recorded, I was finding myself enjoying um, a lot of that game. Um, And I found myself, you know, through just kind of no lifing it. Um, and really digging into the lore and digging into the, the, the tactics of traversal from one place to another and getting into the nuances that I was finding some enjoyment out of the game that I didn't uh, the last times that I had tried it. But since then, I have rolled credits on Death Stranding. Um, one of the biggest gaps in my game, uh, I would say, is finally accounted for and done. And my takeaways of this game are kind of weird but i would say that i'm still relatively positive of the game i think you know and and this is something that i told pablo the other day i find this game to be profusely cool i think there's a sense of style a sense of like weird chic when it comes to production and cinematic flair um the aesthetic the way people look um that sort of futuristic industrial thing that Kojima does so well, I think it all comes off really, really well here. Uh, I love the, the sound design. I love the soundtrack. I love the, uh, the licensed music that he brought in from various artists like Lil Roar and churches and so on. I think all of that stuff really complements this game's presentation well. Um, I think where the game gets wonky for me is in the last third of the game. Uh, and, and I think Pablo would agree with this. Narratively, yeah. it gets a little bit too wacky. I think that's when you start to feel a bit too much of the Kojima corniness coming through, and a lot of that, like, really grating storytelling style where you just kind of have to run around on a beach. And get tired, sit down, and then listen to Homegirl talk about more like exposition dump kind of stuff. Then you got to do yeah, yeah. it again, sit down, listen to more of her talking through exposition stuff. It, it, there's a lot of weird moments like that in the back half of the game that I think the first two thirds of the game doesn't have a problem with at all. So.
0: I it think, felt like uh, he had a whole bunch of loose ends. He's like, oh shit, um, yes, fuck it. I
1: was just going to say, it feels like they are like, oh shit, we have to tie some of this stuff up now. Um, yeah. And I think that's probably my biggest problem with the game story is that it spends so much time raising more questions throughout the game that... When it gets time to answer those questions, the game is just about over. And then you're just getting hit with revelation after revelation after revelation. And it feels a bit overwhelming. Um, So I think that there should have been a bigger balance or rather a better balance between raising those questions, adding to the mystique, and then filling in the blanks periodically throughout the story instead of waiting until the last third to kind of do that um but i will say despite some of those painful cringy moments i do enjoy the game um and i do consider it a good game now I, I i don't consider it the outright abject disaster that i that i said it was so i'm gonna eat some crow here but not all the way um i narratively i still think there's problems i think a lot of the 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 You versus terrain kind of stuff can get a little goofy at times, too. Uh, Some of the movement can be kind of wonky. The vehicles are so fucking annoying to control. Uh, So there's a lot of little nagging issues there. Um, Yeah. But I, I would say that if you really give it a fair shake and you go all in and try to play this game with nothing else kind of in your rotation... I think you can get a lot from this game, but I think it's one of those titles. And I've talked about this in in many other cases with other games that there's just certain games that come out that demand your undivided attention or else you're going to get lost, or or else you're going to just lose interest. And I think this is one of those games. If you try to juggle a game like this, where you're kind of going from point A to point B and just climbing, putting up ladders, using ropes, and then you play something bombastic, like, let's say, God of War Ragnarok or something along those lines, you're going to phase Death Stranding right the fuck out of your rotation, just by default, because it's just not trying to be that kind of game. So you really have to isolate it from other things, and to be able to truly see it for what it is and I think that I finally yeah. got around to doing that now and I'm able to now appreciate it in a way I couldn't before
0: so positive overall yeah. I would say how about uh John, uh Di Hardman's confession at the at, towards the end of that game when he's like like ugly crying oh, No, like, <laughs> I I felt as uncomfortable
1: as Sam did I was like can you just get the fuck up can you get up <laughs> stand up Uh, man, man, that baby, please, baby, please kind of, you know, (laughs) oh my God, bro.
0: She called him cry hard, man. Man, man, I'm telling you, man, I was watching that. I was, I remember, uh, playing that part I was like, oh my God, what's happening? (laughs) Oh my God. no, man, you're, uh, I agree with everything you said about the game, man. I, I, um, I, I love the game. Uh, outright for its silliness and wackiness uh, fully 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 aware uh, of how uh, problematic the game was it's still my 2019 game of the year I, I, I think uh, uh, but I it's it's good man it's I, I'm very excited for the sequel uh, and um I can't wait to, to see more of it, and I hope that they improve upon those things that needed to be improved on. Mm-hmm. And, I hope that, and I hope that Kojima can stay out of his way just a little to give us a, a, a story that, that's palpable from A to Z mm-hmm. rather than have a weird moment in the middle or towards the end yeah. where we have to kind of sit there and indulge in his writing for <laughs> longer than we wanted to. Yeah, for I, sure. I
1: think for me, um, as far as best games of 2019, it's five for me now. Uh, what I have ahead of it is mm-hmm. Metro Exodus at four, Gears Five at three, right. Fire Emblem Three Houses at two, and Resident Evil Two at number one. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Resident, but yeah, nothing to I sneeze think,
0: at. I'm Death, Yeah, I'm Death Stranding at, at one, two is Resident Evil Two, and three uh, is uh, Gears Five for me. Yeah, um, We're not too far apart. That's kind of that's my top three. It's kind of how I have it.
1: Uh, here's another game you love, Pablo: Horizon Forbidden West. Am <laughs> I right? Ugh. Uh,
0: Okay, yeah, no, uh, Burning Shores, uh, so I rolled credits on I'm that. I'm not going to have an episode in a couple of years of me sitting here uh, like Marco and be like, I was wrong, Horizon Forbidden West is a good game. Well, as soon as you that, end that, up that'll... in Alabama to get
1: that <laughs> accent and then do
0: that, uh, then then I guess, I guess it'll happen. No, I, um, I, 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 I will definitely go back to Forbidden West one day, just like I went back to Zero Dawn. But no promises that I like it because I, I I think I hated Zero even more the second time I went through it. But anyway, I'll uh, um, try to. Anyways, uh, so I rolled credits on
1: Burning Shores. Um, not a particularly long expansion. Um, I do think some of those people that said there's not enough uh, content, particularly with side content, I think those people are right. I wish there was a little bit more meat on the bone here. But you still do get a fair amount of stuff here. And I found myself very pleased with... Uh, the experience overall. I think the biggest stride for me out of everything that this thing did was narratively, uh, in particular nice. with the way that um, the sidekick in this game, Seika, uh, really gives Aloy. Did you say uh, Sega? Seika. S e y k a. Ah uh no joke i thought you i thought you literally leaned into the mic and went sick (laughs) knowing gorilla they would probably do something dumb like that no we mean that that's um no but no i I think that that side character and i'm i i'm gonna go ahead and say it now i'm gonna nominate her as one of the characters of the year um i think she gives aloy um you know without getting into spoilers although twitter did a good job of spoiling a lot of that shit um if you weren't paying attention Ah. um I won't open that can of worms, but um, she really rounds out Aloy in a way that no other companion character in the series has been able to do. Uh, she she brings something out of Aloy that um, like oxygen.
0: It's it's like. <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm, I'm I'm gonna ignore your trolling. Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ignore the trolling because he's just doing this. An
0: oxygen can oh breathless ass an Aloy. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Right. I'm sorry. You're about to breathe I your last so breath if you
1: keep on talking about my girl. Um <laughs> listen. Um You're right, you're right. I want to compare it like this, but not directly. I don't want people to think that I think okay. it's of the same tier, but I it, much in the same way that Aerith kind of broke through to Cloud in him being this like douchey, quiet, stoic. Kind of dude that didn't care about anybody. I think I think Seika does the same kind of thing to Aloy in a way that breaks her out of her shell. Um, and makes her finally care about people and not just saving the world Um, and I think that's really special and I don't want to get into the nuances of how because I think the game is, uh, the expansion is worth coming to if you're a fan and I want you to see it, Um, but I will say that narratively I think it excels Um, gameplay wise I think it's more of the same but still enjoyable, Uh, the villain of the game I think is really interesting although I wish he had more opportunity to sort of flourish because the DLC is a bit on the short side I think if he had been the main antagonist of the base game i think that people would love the base game story way more uh so it's a shame that he kind of got tucked to the side as this like uh dlc villain uh when i think he was good enough to be the main villain of the main game but um overall loved it had a great time with it i recommend it to fans of forbidden west i don't recommend it if you're not a fan of forbidden west or horizon the pobbles of the world this is not going to move the needle for you at all um whatsoever and that's okay um, but I think this is a really solid, solid DLC. One of the better ones I played in a while, to be honest. So happy with it. Very happy. That gave me
0: an idea for a uh, future checkpoint chat, uh, like uh, the best duos of video game. Mm. Like uh, you know, Cloud and Barrett, and you know, yeah. I I'll have others, but I want to save those just in case we end up doing that. A- Aloy, a- and- be interesting. A- a- Aloy and everybody, right? A- Aloy, and-, a- Aloy no, and Aloy and oxygen. And a- <laughs> <laughs> Aloy and a can of oxygen. Why well, I got to be let- a can, let can this of woman oxygen? Breathe. Because she got to breathe. She's so breathless, man. I know she's always running, but sometimes she's not
1: running. All right. Well, I'll tell you what else is on, uh, on its last breath. That is uh, one of the topics in our next segment of the show. Uh, but before we get to that, if you like what you're hearing so far, consider subscribing to our show. We drop new episodes every Monday on all streaming services, including the one that you're listening to this on. And if you're feeling extra cool, you can also follow us on IG and Twitter at It's cooldown Time. Once again, that's at It's Cool Down Time. All right. Let's keep the show rolling, Pablo, with the new segment that we call Hit Points. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. Well, damn, Pablo. Damn. Damn, damn, son. Damn, damn, the, uh The UK's Competition and Markets Authority, otherwise known as the CMA, has officially blocked Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard for fear of giving Microsoft a monopoly on cloud gaming. CMA stated that Microsoft owns roughly 60 to 70 percent of cloud gaming services through Xbox, Windows, and the Azure infrastructure, stating, quote, the deal would reinforce Microsoft's advantage in the market by giving it control over important gaming content such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and World of Warcraft. Allowing Microsoft to take such a strong position in the cloud gaming market just as it begins to grow rapidly would risk undermining the innovation that is crucial to the development of these opportunities, End quote. Now, Microsoft and Activision Blizzard will appeal this ruling. However, now that the CMA and FTC have blocked the deal, many believe the merger is unlikely to succeed. And even if the merger goes through, the deal may not close until sometime in 2024 Or later so with all that exposition out of the way Pablo let's start talking about this how big of a blow is this to Microsoft number one and then what's your overall take on this whole ass situation
0: yeah it's a uh, it's a big blow I mean you know a lot of the other countries have already kind of approved the the merger but the big ones were the CMA and the FTC Uh, and it's a big blow no matter how you look at it no matter how you feel about the overall um, verbiage used Uh, but ultimately the way I feel about it um, it's it just feels disingenuous by the uh, CMA. Uh, they found a talking point and ran with it because and, and, it was a narrative uh, that doesn't... It, 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 it's a narrative that doesn't hold up to scrutiny, just like the whole Call of Duty thing, which they had moved on from and now focused on cloud gaming. First and foremost, Sony, the whole kind of percentage in terms of how, how much of the cloud market they use, they, they uh, run or, or uh, are, um, they currently own is due to the fact that Sony and Nintendo aren't even participating in the current market itself. Uh, it looks in purely mathematical. Xbox would have a bigger share of the audience because they're the audience of one in that sense. Uh, so those numbers being thrown around and present numbers yeah, they're navigating to the future, uh, uh, of their decisions using current numbers that don't really make sense. Uh, when you look at it, uh, from a future standpoint, um, Second, I think the streaming tech that CMA is speaking of—the it, it, open platform—does not require proprietary tech. So, if you're if you're streaming a game on PlayStation, they're just using the Azure uh, Microsoft tech as it stands. So, most importantly, they're using streaming services as, as it was a driving force to video games. But Again, Nintendo doesn't have a streaming service. PlayStation doesn't have a streaming service outside of Azure, which is a microsoft own thing. So how can streaming be the driving force of video games when two of the three major video game comp- companies don't have a, a, don't have a stake in it? Uh, and for me, when we look at what the ABK deal means to cloud gaming, I don't know about you, Marco, but I've never thought of competitive shooters like Call of Duty, Overwatch being... Essential to cloud gaming success. In fact, those games do not run well on those and those systems at all. Um, But companies, um, like companies, specifically like Google and uh, Apple, would love to see this not happen because uh, streaming has gone under life support when under Google itself. I mean, they're blaming Xbox for the death of uh, Stadia. You know, Uh, but. Game Pass, and also, Game Pass primary function is in xCloud itself, so uh, they're putting a lot of weight into what the what the cloud market or cloud gaming is when in reality not even xbox themselves is putting a lot of weight into what they can actually do uh they have the tech but they don't really lean into it like when you when you think about when you think about game pass game pass isn't number one it's a is a cloud service it's not it's a library of games that you can use as a subscription service but for me i I just i don't really understand the entire argument like you can't really set a president of a future market based on current situations or current uh, market numbers, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Nobody's ever done that in the history of of these things. Nobody takes what it could be because now we're talking about Call of Duty. We're talking about all these games. That not only that, now we have to uh, we have to put forth that we believe in twenty years those games are going to be as big as they are today, like they would be in the next ten to fifteen to twenty years. It doesn't make a lot of sense when they're using specific things. Like I understand the argument that at Microsoft could at one point run the streaming service beside a video game within the industry but the ABK deal doesn't strengthen that deal at all it just doesn't not not from an ip standpoint uh, not from a tech standpoint cuz they don't have technology cloud uh, streaming technology they would be using azure which microsoft already owns within their propri- proprietary platform i just there's a lot here i can keep rambling on but i just don't really understand the actual uh details in terms of how they logically made this uh assertion based on nothing that we can see today as as they're putting forth as something that we can as xbox is what xbox is going to do in the future uh, of of the cloud gaming uh portion of the industry
1: um let me present a counterpoint uh and, and let me start by saying this first of all before i even get to that um what can go wrong will go wrong i mean yes for sure holy shit um, it was weird seeing this like this air of confidence the night before, uh, where a lot of people, even some people from Microsoft, seemed to be kind of very lighthearted and jovial about what was on the cusp of happening the following morning. And then you wake up the next day and Jez Corden's writing a five thousand word <laughs> report on why this didn't happen. It was like, oh my god, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was very jarring and I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of gamers out there, particularly the Xbox fans, are pretty stunned about it. But um I mean shit. I mean what what can go wrong will go wrong. This is this is uh kind of been the, the tale of Xbox and whether it's fair or unfair, I think that's just kind of been the the story for them. Um now I, I want to also specify. Um, although I'm usually hypercritical of Microsoft, I am largely indifferent to this deal overall. Um, I'm not rooting against it. I've never rooted one way or the other. Honestly, uh, if it was something that went through, great. If it's something that doesn't go through, you know, okay, then that's just what it is. So my my um, I don't have a horse in the race. Basically, this is kind of where right. I'm going with this. Before either, well, honestly, I, before I kind of lean into my my. My thought process about this. I want to preface by saying that. Now, I want to say this too. If I'm Xbox, um, well, let me say that for later. Let me say that for later. Here's kind of where my thinking is at to try to rationalize what CMA is really concerned about. I think that the gist of their problem is they're worried that Microsoft, this mega corporation, trillion dollar company, already has a large foothold on a new and sort of unproven corner of gaming with cloud. And I think that their concern is that, yes, although the Nintendos of the world and Sonys of the world are not playing in that that domain right now, that Microsoft may position themselves so powerfully that it will deter people from even trying. Hence, monopoly, right? Um, And again, I'm not justifying that. I'm not saying that I agree with them. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's what I think they're thinking. And I think the reason why is they're thinking, okay, if you have almost 70% of cloud market, and now you're coupling that 70% with owning the highest grossing franchise in gaming with Call of Duty, and maybe the first or second biggest MMO of all time with um, World of Warcraft, and then other IP, like the Overwatches of the world, you're coupling 70% dominance in cloud with two, at least, of the most dominant games in, or IP in, in, in gaming history. So the correlation is not, like, super direct as far as, well, I don't see why this makes a big difference with cloud or what activision has to do with cloud i think it's about saying you're owning so much cloud now you own two of the biggest ip in in gaming history that just seems a little too powerful for a company like microsoft to have now i think that the the microsoft component is what really is anchoring a lot of this though i don't think that a lot of us gamers are looking at this from like oh This is unfair to Xbox, but we all have to remember that this is Microsoft we're talking about at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And you and I have talked about this offline and saying that a lot of people don't like Microsoft, man. They don't like them. A lot of people are intimidated by them, afraid of them, or just generally don't like those guys and girls um, because of how big they are, because of business practices they've done in other markets and other areas of their business. And so, yes, there is a little bit of concern or... Maybe even some bias against them uh, because of who they are, of let's not not run the risk of making a decision in 2023 that's going to benefit them in 10 years, right? Yes, cloud gaming isn't a huge deal now, but what if it becomes one? And we unknowingly gift-wrapped Microsoft, all of cloud gaming... In 2023 with the Activision Blizzard deal. I think that's their concern. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm not saying that that's foolproof. I know that there's holes in there, but that's what I think they're thinking here.
0: Yeah and, and I agree with that with that mindset. My whole thing is there already was it's there already is Stadia which is a failed component of the streaming market. So right there it's like it, it, the future of cloud gaming if it's so in it, it's been pending and it's 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 the next thing. You had a company like Google have Stadia ready to go and that still uh, was a to 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 fail in in such a spectacular way. Now I understand what you're saying with the Xbox and, and, and Overwatch and having those IPs bolster uh, streaming. Except that's what I said; it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny when you look at those games. Those games are not games that you would play on a streaming service or on a uh, over-air service like that. They're 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 precise shooters. They're competitive shooters, and that's not a game that's going to bolster the the cloud market. Nobody's going to buy an Xbox to play Call of Duty on cloud as like that's not going to be the thing that that makes them. Uh, buy that console and then and, and uh. as but I'm talking now we have to get into the into the specifics because you can't generalize that because the people who are actually going to put their money into the whole thing those people are in the know they they're going to know they're not going to buy an Xbox to play Call of Duty streaming. Now another thing is they may own 70% of the market in video game the corners right now because it, that the, All the other percentages are owned by non-video game companies. Uh, PlayStation is a, is, a, is a massively successful company. They just broke their quarter quarterly sales for the consoles. If they were to release their own streaming service, regardless of how good or bad it is, it would dip into that pie. If Nintendo were to come over and do the same thing, Nintendo being Nintendo and just being huge, would also dip into that pie, regardless if they have Call of Duty, regardless if they have Overwatch, which, by the way... Xbox has already been explicit in saying that they were willing to, to, to put that within the deal for those games to consistently and constantly be on those consoles beyond the 10-year contract that they're willing to sign. So, like... It, I understand everything you said and I think everything you said is correct in terms of how CMA is looking at this, but the counterpoint to that even is that Xbox is telling them, hey, we're willing to make that portion of it, the cloud portion of it, we're, ma- we're willing to make that right. And they're still signing 10-year contracts. Now, these these contracts are just, you know, symbolic at most, uh, with, with companies who have streaming services that are outside of Azure, outside of Microsoft telling, hey, we'll stream to your we'll stream from Game Pass to your whatever shitty Uh, uh, portable platform thing and we'll give you 10 years to do that so like Xbox those those are symbolic deals it's just an act of faith showing them hey we're willing to do this so I think that the whole counterpoint and the reason why I'm not completely convinced that this is going to be it's dead in the water let's talk about that after
1: let's talk about that after
0: yeah yeah well yeah yeah okay good good point but yeah I, but other than that i just feel like a lot of the stuff when you look at it from face value it seems like shocking oh 70 percent oh yeah call of duty on cloud service from a non-gamer perspective like from a cma perspective somebody a, a a quote unquote business person looking at this but when you again it doesn't hold up to scrutiny because when you look at these games and you look at what they need to do in order for them to run smoothly that that tech is is many 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 years away and even if it were to have come into fruition and be something you can play at Call of Duty online ten years from now, I you know, from a money standpoint, being you know, that's thinking that Call of Duty in ten years is gonna be the money maker that it is now it would still behove Xbox and Microsoft to release those games on many other platforms for streaming purposes. That's the reason for the technology, and not only that. If they just keep uh, they just keep platforming on Azure, like they have, literally, guys. Right now, if you're playing on PlayStation subscription, you're playing uh, and you're streaming a game. It's through that Microsoft Azure stuff. So, like, doesn't that make it, the point, though
1: of the concern? Like, they, they you know like there's what other options people the, do?
0: Do other companies have? Well, that's just, that's just placed, but there's no, there's no hold on the market. The only reason that Microsoft has it is because Microsoft's put money into it. So Sony has not put money into it. They've come into a deal with Azure to do that because they don't want to put money into it because they're themselves not even sure that's the future uh, uh, of gaming by point. When you look at Luna and when you look at, um, and when you look at Google Stadia, like those things are failing things. One is a failure and one is failing currently. So it's smart by sony not to put money behind it so sony at their own mission by not putting money behind the streaming service to themselves by creating their own thing they're making the point of telling everybody that they don't they're not sure yet whether or not this is the future of gaming but all of a sudden it is like that that's the stuff that when i say it doesn't hold up to scrutiny cuz everything you're saying Again, from a general standpoint, from like the overview, an overview, an overview uh, look at the whole deal, that makes a lot of sense what you're saying. But again, when you look at the details of all those things and what that actually means and what Xbox has done, what the, the actions of Nintendo or lack thereof and seeing with Sony kind of breathes uh, the little bit more of truth into the whole situation where it's like, I don't they might be the future, but I don't know if everybody's convinced it's the future but for the sake of this argument, yeah, it is the future. that's kind of how it comes across to me um yeah,
1: I think we're gonna we're, we're disagreeing a little bit here but here's some food for thought right and, and let me let me kind of address a few points you made. I think when you talk about um, whether people would the preference between playing a call of duty on console versus playing it on cloud, I think, Um, there's only but so much we can read into with that because you would have had me on that point if it wasn't for the fact that Xbox is not actively making a cloud device for the brand, right? So clearly they want that to be a viable option, to play a cloud version. If it's optimal or not, if it's better than console or not better than console, I think is, is besides the point. The point is that Xbox wants to make that a viable path to play games. So, it does seem to be important to them to be able to play Call of Duty on cloud, even if it isn't the best way to play it for a gamer. The, the yeah, yeah, availability the- is something that they are actively making a hardware yeah. um, decision for, right? So, that's one thing. I think secondly... And this is, man, this is probably more food for thought here than anything else, but I think we have, there's a difference when we talk about services between the service itself and the infrastructure of the service, right? And I think that what, what worries me, well, actually, let me shift to a big, the bigger point that I was going with that whole thing. So the 10-year thing, right? Has anybody stopped and, and wondered why all of these deals just so happen to be 10 years? Why? And that's a, that, that could be a rhetorical question. I'm not ex- expecting you to know the answer because I don't know the answer. Yeah. But there's something weird about that to me. There's something a little strange there. 10 years is not just an arbitrary number that Xbox came up with for all these deals they've been making, right? There's something to that Consistent through line of 10 years, 10 years for them, 10 years for them, 10 years for them, that seems a little ominous to me, right? So what is it that's making those deals 10 years long? Is there something that Xbox is forecasting about the cloud gaming market that maybe we don't know about yet that could lead to sort of a pop-off 10 years from now? Maybe when there's better infrastructure. Maybe when the disparity between playing a game on cloud versus playing a game um, on a you know regular console is very slim of a difference Maybe there's an opportunity ten years down the road to go for an arm and a leg for selling infrastructure, uh, Azure off to people to use or um, maybe the, the cost of the brick goes up with all these other you know companies, NVIDIA that they're working with and Nintendo. We don't know what that 10-year window is really about.
0: I, so, I, and that's a, it, I'll give you my opinion on the 10-year window real quick. I, just, I think it's exactly what you're saying. I think it's them being good business people and if it pops off in 10 years, they're going to charge an arm and a leg. You're right. Or if it's trash, then they're just going to drop it. Like, so I think it's more or less kind of like them covering their own asses. Sure. Uh, but the, so, but the yeah. first scenario that you said, mm-hmm, that's why I think CMA is worried about this deal going through. I know, but you can't make a whole ass a block of a, of a merger based on speculation and what maybe they could or couldn't be doing. I agree with you, but that's huge. At this point, now you're taking people's life, livelihood. You're taking these companies and, and, and these mergers and you're playing, uh, financial God in terms of like, well, maybe in 10 years, it'll, it'll be huge. And that's, that's, and that's kind of my other point. It's like, there's no concrete evidence right now. That's showing us that in ten years, fifteen years, or two years, three years, whatever the case is, that cloud gaming is a feature. In fact, the contrary with 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 <laughs> with with Stadia uh, going offline, with Luna basically being doa. Yeah, but they, they with died a, a for a lot other of games,
1: reasons. So I mean, they just didn't have a lot of first-party sure, content. Sure, sure, but yeah, but I mean.
0: Yeah, of course, but if you, and if you listen to the the CEO of, of Stadia is taking advantage of the situation, now is blaming Xbox for the death of it, which is not what happened. Their, Google pulled funding from it to begin with, but I agree. I, I agree. They did die for different reasons, but you're not going to tell me that cloud cloud services are working and making so much money that. Companies like dev, de- development companies wouldn't want to be f- divs in it and, and and provide content to those companies. The fact is, is that I don't think Stadia was garnering a lot of, of, of people giving them money for First Party or them, you know, accepting that into their into the platform because nobody was interested. Like I don't, there there really isn't even a game right now. In fact, there isn't. There's no there's no game that run on cloud only. Like you know, the whole uh, Kojima idea with Xbox is a cloud only base game whatever that means uh so i think the tech is there i think the tech isn't isn't ready i think a lot if you look back at all these uh, uh you know these people talking about the future of xbox just two years ago in the future of cloud gaming period they say it's many 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 years away and all of a sudden now it, it they it just when you look at the cma the cma almost looks like they know something we don't and that cloud gaming next year is going to be the future like that's kind of the way that they're, they're framing what it. if it is i mean
1: that's that's the the thing, but like, but, but what you but have to understand have the is Microsoft. But Microsoft is 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 not randomly investing so much of themselves into cloud gaming just without knowing anything about what cloud gaming can potentially rake in. That's not an accident. But that's how you. So there's clearly yeah, that's something that's indicating a it's business. a viable path for them.
0: Yeah, true guess it no because Google also has so many projects that could be the future. Google Glass, all this stuff. I think drop. we got to get I off mean, Google. I don't money, think
1: Google applies to really. No, any no, of that's this. just
0: an example. That's just an example of a company like Microsoft. When you look at Microsoft right now, they have a whole bunch of stuff in R and D that they've put millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like AR right now, AR is huge in Microsoft, but it's not taking off, and so they have fired some people from that program. So when you when you when you're talking about a huge company like Microsoft apple google they have the money to literally literally throw it away so we can't read too much into it if xbox is putting money behind cloud services when we have other examples of those of uh, companies failing or at the very least just playing them right now on the cloud on xbox isn't very fun for a lot of games like some games work like vampire survivors works fine but like big games on cloud aren't fun to play in that way they're just not i mean it's like a novelty thing it's like oh i can't believe this game is running at 15 frames like it's more of a that than it is a a viable way to play Witcher 3 like that's that's kind of just the way it is right now but if you're looking at the way that they're talking about it, it just it just it's like complete it's disingenuous it's complete detached from the reality of cloud uh, cloud gaming today you know well again, I don't, I don't think it, they're don't,
1: making a today decision. I think they're making a decision to protect the future of this of this uh, corner of
0: the market but right, but then Microsoft is saying that part of the deal is if you put that in the deal that we have to perpetually provide the service to different companies, we'll do it so mm-hmm. uh, right there they're already giving you the solution to the problem yeah but I, I, I'm gonna, I have a, a, and
1: yeah. I understand that, and I understand why that's annoying that they wouldn't take that as enough, but I think what CMA has been notorious for is they don't like those kind of behavioral um right. sort of remedies to problems i, I think yeah. that they don't trust that essentially for better or for worse but
0: yeah. my only thing and, and the reason why i'm kind of so like uh Gun ho about this is because it sets a it's a slippery slope. It sets a bad precedent. Like video games are kind of uh, video games are our biggest hobby. It's the thing that we love the most. It's the number one uh, growing entertainment. And when you have governmental things like this infiltrating video games and making decisions based on clearly they. Clearly, they don't know what they're talking about, but they're just making these decisions. It just—it just feels a little bit kind of like a slippery slope in terms of what other things can be done. Like, what if PlayStation wants to buy a different company? All of a sudden, Microsoft being a piece of uh, being an a- being uh, assholes. Try to intervene with that. It just make this big mess of a thing. Uh, when really all we want to do is play games. Honestly, here's what I want to happen. This is kind of how well, let's I transition want transition over I to want, what you
1: want to have. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about that now.
0: What I want to happen is this to go away. Microsoft either buys ABK or lets it go. I don't give a shit. Like if 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 I knew the future, like the CMA claims they do. I'm just kidding. Uh, if I knew the future and I knew that if ABK were not to be purchased by Xbox and it would fall apart, I would rather that. That way people can buy like activision or call of duty i'd rather that separately uh but ultimately i just want this to stop like i i would like for um, i would like for xbox either to you know challenge it if they have to but just go get away from it if it's not gonna it's not a likely win and just kind of let it fall apart Don't, you know just just let it go away or you know if they know something we don't purchase it up i don't care at this point i really don't care i uh, y- y- if you think i'm not gonna buy diablo 4 or the next call of duty that i think looks cool just because it's not on game pass you're wild i'm gonna do that it's just it, 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 I, i'm gonna buy that so i'm not gonna sit here and tell you and be uh disingenuous to you folks and say whoa if it's not on game pass i'm not playing it because that's never the way I, i've operated at oh, we all, all know that about i own you, all bro. three
1: don't worry about that bro
0: yeah <laughs> Well, I, I own all three consoles, I own all three consoles. Um and you know, yeah. I, I think that, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I don't care what happens here. Uh I just I just think it's a slippery slope and it's just so weird that this is happening to Xbox in the way that it's happening with these fucking just I don't know, it just feels like a made up scenario that they're doing. But they there is some valid there's some validation to it. Of course we've talked about it already, yeah. but well, what do you want to happen? Yeah, here? so here's the thing. I'm it, the if
1: I'm Xbox right now, I sh- I- if I'm Xbox, I'm over the moon about this, and I know some people are going to go, "What? I'm over the moon about this. I'm popping bottles that this didn't go through." If I'm my- if I'm Microsoft, I'm I'm getting drunk. I'm partying with my people. Phil's going to get drunk. We're going to streak. All that. <laughs> and here's the reason why. Okay, Xbox has shown that they cannot walk and chew gum at the same damn time. Yeah, yeah. they can't do it not good at that. All this this year and change of time that we've had with this whole ABK deal has done nothing but stifle the success, the momentum, the mind share, the market share of Xbox, in my opinion. Not Not directly in some cases, but as a byproduct of just shifting their attention so far into closing this deal that a lot of essential aspects of how to have a console come out strong and stay consistent got missed for the last two and a half years and if i'm xbox as much as i i don't mean to trivialize three billion dollars but I'll pay Activision Blizzard the $3 billion, which for those of you who don't know what that means, basically... They kind of have to at this point. To make a be- long story short, three the $3 billion number is because it's like, basically, sorry for wasting your time with this whole acquisition it didn't go through, so here's $3 billion. It's kind of the contingency thing built into this whole deal. To not get too technical. Anyway, I'm walking away from this deal if I'm Xbox. I was so pissed to see that they're going to appeal this. I was pissed off. Because it's like, okay... You just keep coming back for more of the same abuse. Like, it's not... To me, this is a dead deal. And that's controversial. Some people still think it has a chance. I don't. I think the combination of FTC and CMA saying no to this is pretty fucking powerful. If one of the two said yes, I think there would be a little bit more leeway. I I don't feel like it's
0: going to happen. You want to jump in? I, I do... Yeah, I still think it will happen. Okay. I think the CMA they're going to appeal, and I think the CMA is going to turn around and be like, okay, fine. Like they're they're going to run out of kind of road there in terms of the cloud thing. I think they're going to put a very important stipulation in it where Xbox has to share their Xbox uh, capability of the cloud capabilities, whatever okay. they want to do. Um, uh, but I and I think the FTC stuff, the FTC stuff is a little bit uh, more. Um, it's less complicated because they've kind of put all their uh, all their eggs in one basket, and all they have to do currently is uh, they can bypass FTC right now because the FTC is going to want to sue them. And if they want to sue them, they don't, they can just purchase the the, the company without even the FTC's approval. So that that's why I feel, but I agree with you. The, I think Jez, uh, just Gordon w- recently said th- that Microsoft has missed out on some major purchases based on ABK. One of the rumors is that, you know how Embracer got the Western p- part of the Square Enix stuff that, that Microsoft was aiming for that, but they couldn't because of the ABK deal stuff happening. So, I would have much rather that shit uh, any day of the week than anything ABK has to offer. But yeah, yeah.
1: Now I, I will say this: um, for me, I would much rather see Xbox go back to the basics and instead of investing in this like Activision Blizzard deal, I would rather see them go back to going for a smaller double a triple a types of franchises instead or not franchises i'm sorry studios um along the same lines of a ninja theory you know even something like a bethesda something that is not as like this is gonna take a year and a half to get this done kind of a deal um i think if they do something like that um, I think they have a much better chance of feeling like they were sort of at the at the start of the generation where they had all this momentum uh, going on. I think this has done nothing but harm them in the end. Yeah. Um, you know, sending out Phil Spencer to do these weird, wonky, um, you know, PR stunt sort of, you know, interviews everywhere. Like it's just got to stop. And I, another but, year of this just feels like it feels like a lot is 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 going to
0: it. it I, hope, I don't want to see it happen. I hope man. that the, <laughs> but here's the thing: it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to happen in such a public space. In terms of the conversations, like let the lawyers take care of it. Let Phil Spencer focus on something else. He can still be there, but I, it, it's just so front facing because they're obviously trying to get people on their side and trying to get the court of public opinion and all that. Uh, just let that go away, man. Let, you're not going to convince a Sony fanboy, one of the, the those shitty ones, of oh, Twitter, to, to, to yeah. like yeah to like Xbox. No. You know. Now I want to ask you a question, Marco. Because this is a rumor that's been happening, has has come and went, and it's recently been kind of percolating again. And Microsoft actually addressed it weirdly enough in one of their statements: is Can Microsoft survive without ABK? Now, the reason why that that question is being uh, uh, asked, and, and why the rumors saying that it might it, it probably couldn't, when you look down the line here of all the companies that Xbox owns. 343 Industries, Halo Infinite is a failure. The Coalition has Gears coming, but that's a couple years away. Compulsion Games is not going to move the needle any which way. Double Fine, I love Double Fine. They're going to do the same. The Initiative... Development issues with with all their games. Uh, and Exile Entertainment love them. They're just really not gonna move the needle right now. Mojang is fine, mm-hmm. but again, Mojang is very specific to one thing. Ninja Theory, same thing. Obsidian can, and we're still waiting on them. But still, their stuff is, is, is it's times a waste. Rare had the issue with with um, with Everwild that has has been restarted. And if you keep going down the line, Bethesda and all that yeah. stuff. There's a lot of stuff here where it hasn't panned out. And let's look at all the you know, and we look at all the indie games that they've kind of. Put money into those haven't been very good either. So I think there's a mindset thinking uh, behind it that if Microsoft can't get something like. Call of Duty or um, or Overwatch or something big that they can publish that I think that they're they're not going to Microsoft as a whole might not see as Xbox as something to keep because at that point I think the future of Xbox in terms of how they're going about it is publishing and if you're not going to be able to publish to one of the biggest games in the world with Call of Duty um, then you're publishing your biggest game maybe Gears because Halo's ha- has failed seems like maybe. Xbox would put the kibosh, or Microsoft will put the kibosh on Xbox, uh, it, which is a possibility. I don't, I, I don't think that'll happen. Okay. But now, more and more, the way, the more I look at it, it seems like it's a possi- it's the very least a possibility. Um, it's interesting. I, um,
1: hmm. I don't think Xbox is going anywhere. At least not for another whole mm-hmm. console cycle. Um, right. I do think that they are at risk, though. Uh, if if they mm-hmm. can't pull their shit together for the next uh couple years of the series x and s's life um, that's going to be problematic um so what i would say is they can hang they can absolutely hang and they can survive this it's really going to come down to their games like that's They they have to have, and I don't want to get back on the soapbox games. We talk about it all the time. but They <laughs> have to put out shit that people want to buy this console for. It's really that simple. You can't you can't not have system selling software like Hi-Fi Rush is not going to cut it. Nope. A port of of Ghostwire Tokyo is not going to cut it. Uh, we'll see Absolutely if Redfall not. cuts it. But so far, I mean, it, it ain't looking too it ain't looking too bright. And, you know, nope. Starfield is really, like, it's really going to come down, to, and that's what's scary about Starfield, is how much of this is going to be contingent on Starfield. Like, it almost feels unfair to Starfield in a way, now that I've thought about it. I mean, it, it is.
0: It straight up is. is it's unfair, Dude, but it is it's what it not,
1: is. It's it's just so fucked up, because realistically, this game should be able to just be itself, and it not be, mm-hmm. you know, like, the entire fate of Xbox is hanging in the balance if this game isn't great. But that's kind of what this has amounted to, and and it's it's unfair to Bethesda that that's the case, but that is the case. So it's not it, impossible yeah. to get out of this hole, but these games have got to start hitting, and they've got to start coming out. Like 2023 was supposed yeah. to be the year, 2022 was supposed to be the year, and we're 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 in fucking May, and we're just now getting a red yeah. fall, man. Like, and it's not even all the way like done. Like, that's what's got to change for them to turn things around. I don't think the ABK deal was going to make... It, w- it would it would secure certain things about their business and the division of Xbox, but in terms of, like, the gamer, um, you know, the, the gaming community, I don't think that it was as big about that, like, you know, as it was about, no. like, just securing Xbox's future more than anything. Um, but, yeah, no, I yeah. agree.
0: I agree. But every, every game after... Including Redfall, really, but every game after even... Um even if if uh, Starfield is amazing, Senor has to be amazing. Avowed has to be amazing. The like bit. they need hits. They they need hits, and they can't afford to. They can't afford to halo this up. Oh, they no. can't infinite this up. If they do, it, it, if they do. I, they're dead in the water. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah. At this point. Yeah. Uh But yeah. All right, man. Well, we had a deep dive into that
1: pretty extensively, ladies and gentlemen. We know that was a long talk, but. This was a big milestone moment for this whole thing. So I think we definitely had to unpack that. And I'm glad we did. And it was interesting to have some different opinions there to kind of keep things interesting. But it is time, Pablo, to move into the Checkpoint Chat. Let's get started. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right. So it's May. We're almost at the halfway point of the year, and uh, there are still plenty of games left to come out in 2023 that are worth talking about. So we have basically picked a a list of like the sweet 16 uh, games uh, that are left to come out in 2023, some sooner, some a little bit later, uh, that we will be going through in alphabetical order to give you our hype scores for each game um the scores are from a range of one to five i'm sure you figured out what the one means and what the five means and what the middle means uh that's basically what we're doing here nothing too complex just going to go back and forth to kind of talk about why we picked what we picked for each game and keep it rolling uh so pablo let's not waste any time let's start with the first game on our list from remedy entertainment alan wake 2 uh what do you got for the score wise and why
0: yeah uh I have it at a four. Um, you know, I've been said I've said that this game isn't coming out this year, but Remedy has already twice already said that the game is in the final stages of development and that it is going to hit that 2023 window. I would, I'm ecstatic. I love the first Alan Wake, and if we're going to get an Alan Wake two in 2023, the end of the year, Remedy rarely misses. I'm all in for this Alan Wake two. Super excited for this. I got it at four, four, four. <laughs> Damn. Okay. I gotta hype it up. It's almost at five, buddy. All right.
1: Uh, I got it at a three. Um, I need to see gameplay first. That's that's really all I'm waiting on at this point. I want to see what this game looks like, plays like, what they're doing to modernize the Alan Wake formula. Then I can probably bump it up to a four. Um, I don't think I will ever go much higher than that because the first game isn't you know this... It, it's probably, and this is going to be a little controversial, but it's probably my least favorite game in their catalog, to be honest. Um, but not because it's bad it's just because it doesn't do as much for yeah. me as max Payne does and uh, even control um and so on but three for now uh but put a pin in that once we see more of the actual game uh but let's move on yeah. to the next game on our list um and that is armored core six fires of rubicon um pablo what do you think this is in terms of your hype score
0: I got it at 2, to be honest. I mean, I think Elden Ring kind of changed the way some people think about video games. It's only fair people would, you know, be interested in in FromSoft's next big game. But uh, they've always made niche titles. Uh, Just happened to broke up with Elden Ring. I think this is right back to that niche uh, area of gaming. Armor Core 6 isn't going to be for everyone. People are going to be disappointed. I saw the gameplay trailer. I thought it looked cool. Definitely not for me. Uh, I can't really get too hyped about it but just the fact that it's from software it gets a two it would have been a one other uh and if any anybody else was making it but because it's them i'm at two with them
1: yeah i'm, I'm kind of exactly with you here i would say that yeah. on top of that um i think that the the industrial aesthetic here just that is right. one of like that in desert sort of uh aesthetics are like the two most obnoxious like <laughs> settings for me in video Yo. games i hate it
0: it's funny it's funny that you liked uh, that you liked that game so much. What's it called? Uh, oh, the one that you had to be A B C D endings. Oh, to. near it, That wasn't like very industrial, industrial and though. desert. That was that. <laughs> yeah, the beginning of that game was all. Yeah, it was but all, it was it
1: wasn't like over. Like yeah, it, that versus what we saw from the Armored Core trailer was like industrial. Overload. It was all. That, like, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I got black lung from watching that trailer. From off- <laughs> I used to call, I used, you looked in the mirror you had like black sud on your face I'm like what's going on I think I turned into I, I was watching it from a coal mine uh, it was horrible uh, but we do need to take a brief detour Pablo we do need to give an open critic prediction now that we've seen this official yeah. trailer uh, and it is coming out in August what do we think this
0: is going to do in terms of reviews let's get a prediction yeah. in just like my two got that Elden Ring bump uh, I'm going to go give it uh, 89 okay. of an OC prediction yeah that's where I got it. I think that it it's going to be good a good a good armor core game which apparently is a far few in between uh but it's still going to be you know not for everybody but it's the people who love it love it 89 Yeah
1: I'm actually going to go 91 here I think um I think the way that people are going to review this game is going to be like, "Oh my god, this is the next, the next new thing." I never knew I liked mech games until now. Like, I feel like that's going to become the that's thing. Always, that's always the story. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah, I could see a yeah. million YouTubers going. I don't traditionally play mech games, but man, something about this one. I think that's going to be
0: the that's the the, the standard YouTube voice, and it could and it could be true, but a lot of times it's not and and that's always kind of like the conversations people have with that like i will you know yeah yeah
1: all right well let's keep it rolling pablo let's get to the next game which is assassin's creed mirage what do you got here
0: yeah the promise i got it at three the promise of mirage has always been intriguing the fact that mirage is a blown out dlc is the thing that gives me pause for concern but ultimately if i this game could go back to the roots like for Assassin's Creed 1, 2, 3, Brotherhood and give me that more compact uh, Assassin's Creed game rather than the massively open world fucking shit show of the game that, that uh, the other three games have been or the other two games have been. Uh, too much to do there, man. I want a more concentrated Assassin's Creed and I'm excited for the prospect of this for sure. So I'm at three.
1: I would be with you if Ubisoft wasn't stanking up the joint for the last couple of years, yeah. um, I don't trust them, and I think it's just as simple as that. I don't trust Ubisoft. It's fair. I don't trust that this this whole marketing campaign is back to the roots, uh, because Ubisoft yep. themselves are not back to their roots. So, what does that mean uh, if if your company is not really doing what you used to do that made you so great? So, I don't trust the game that much, um, and the fact that we haven't seen really anything from this game is bizarre to me. Like, I feel like usually. I don't remember what like the marketing cycle is for Assassin's Creed games,
0: but I feel like it's a little it's weird actually, that it's not. No, it's actually, it's actually like this. It's usually, remember there were yearly entries, so we wouldn't see that until E3 and we would see like a gameplay and then it comes out like in October. So it's still, okay. it's still within the cycle, still within time, but still though, like they're making all these promises. You got, you got to make sure that when you do present it, whenever you do present it, that it, that stays true to that, that it's, it's. I just don't want it to feel like a DLC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so
1: for now, I have it at a 2, and we'll just see what happens when they, yeah. when they finally show it. But uh, let's move on to the next game here. We have an interesting one, Black Myth, Wukong. Um, what do you think here, man? <laughs>
0: I was between a one or a two. I went to. I always thought it was kind of like vaporware a little bit in terms of like false advertising. Like this game looked absurdly good, and then they they stopped showing it for a very long time. And I feel like once we see it again, right before it comes out, it's just gonna be one of those games where it's like it doesn't look as good. And you know, with with the um uh, I'm, I, it feels like a. It feels dated already. You're going to give me a Souls-like game, it's, post-Elden Ring, already feels like a step back. But yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with this, uh, for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm at a one for very similar reasons. I think when it was first shown, yes, technical marvel, but by the time this thing comes out, I mean, it's really not going to be too far ahead, if at all, graphically than other things we're going to be seeing. I mean, it, it, it's mm-hmm. just not going to be that impressive anymore. And then, the, to your point, another Souls-like game. I'm sorry. It's just hard to get excited for those when it's not from software. And, and maybe that sucks that it's yeah. that much bias, but I'm just tired of seeing everybody take their stab at this shit, man. It's like, oh my goodness, can you guys yeah. just get off their dick for a little bit and try something else? But uh, Black Myth Wukong is still trying it, and I just don't think it's doing anything for me uh, from what I've seen so far, yeah. other than visually. So one for me. Yeah. Um, the spiritual successor to the Jet Set Radio franchise is called Bomb Rush Cyber Funk. That's a mouthful. Uh but what are you thinking about this one and does this do anything for you?
0: It doesn't, not anymore. Uh the Jet Set radio leak kind of dampened any hype I had for this because now I want the original, not the great value copy. Uh with that said, I think Bomb Rush can be excellent, sure. But in terms of how I'm feeling for this future, it's at a two for mm-hmm. me. It's just it's just not it's just not nothing about it. Other than it, it looks like Jet Set, it doesn't really kind of get me excited because all I want to do is play Jet Set Radio now.
1: Yeah, I'm at a three. Number one, because I'm a fan of Jet Set Radio. Huge. uh, Huge fan. And secondly, because I think there is a possibility that Sega could fuck up their game um, by making it what we hear is a live service game and it not be the good kind of live service game. And then this game just sort of becomes the more authentic version of Jet Set Radio and therefore becomes the better game. So I think that's a real possibility here. Uh, so I'm going to give it a three with the hope that it it nails the essence of the original games. Um, although I still hope that Sega's, you know, comeback is of quality. Um, I, I still think this yeah. has a chance of being good. So three um, moving on Final Fantasy VII
0: Rebirth. Pablo, what do you talk? What, what do you got here, man? Talk to me. That's a five, man. I mean, like, the, the follow-up to one of the best uh, remakes of all time. Very interesting where this story is going. I'm here for the ride. I'm super excited for the fact that it's diverging from the original enough to where people seem to be concerned. Uh, I think that's great. I think it's going to keep everybody on their toes. Uh, will it succeed? I don't know. But in terms of me and my anticipation, that is five all the way.
1: Yeah, it's hard to go any lower than a five here at all. I mean... um this 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 remake the first remake i mean slash reimagining has sort of set the bar along with re2 i would say in terms of how to do remakes mm-hmm. right but there's a lot of things they're going to have to get right about this game for it to live up to where we think final fantasy 7 should be um and it's going to be interesting to see what they change narratively because um, they are making changes and that is happening and it's going to be a yep. little little scary for some of our old school fans like myself but I'm so excited to play it and find out. So, five for me without question. Um, here's an interesting one um, that <laughs> is feeling more like vaporware by the day Hollow Knight Silk Song, Pablo. What do you think about Hollow Knight? <laughs>
0: uh, I got that sucker at a one. Uh, listen that 's just because i 'm not a fan of the original, not my cup of tea. Uh, my fascination with sook song is just on the long delay and just waiting for this game to actually come out like the fact that they 're so tight lit about it, it never sat right with me. You got a game like Sports Story, a game that I was highly anticipating same thing tightly lit, highly anticipated sequel to the game. it comes out and it is absolute booby trash. I wonder if there 's something ha- like going on with sook song where it's taken them so long to make it because I think that the, the expectation behind it is so it big. Is. Uh, yeah. Can this game live up to expectations? I don't know, man. It's like a... It, it's reaching Half-Life 3 uh, territory where it's like, there's no way Half-Life 3 ever comes out and it's <laughs> as good as people want it to be. It's just, it's, I don't know. We'll see there. But I'm up. at a one because it's oh, not a game that I'm going to play. It's yeah, not a game no. that I'm really interested in playing. I'm just, if this was, what's your hype level on the community's reaction to this? Five. yeah. But the game itself, it's one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's getting annoying not seeing any more of this game, but I know it's for the right reasons. I know it's because they... I believe in I the studio so much. I know they're going to like deliver. A
0: sports story fan. Not, yeah, but I never looked at sports story <laughs> like you
1: did. I didn't see that. I, I didn't see it, uh, the way you saw it. But I think three for me right now, um, I want to see more of the game. I think that's really where I'm at. It's almost like the Alan Wake uh, explanation to the T. Uh, I just want to see more. I want to just build that trust by seeing more of the gameplay, and then I'm, I'm good to go. Uh, but three for now, probably four for later. Um, a newly announced game, immortals yep. of avium i think is that how you say it yeah i think that's how, okay. how you say it uh from ea um what are you thinking about yeah. this one man
0: yeah, I'm actually kind of excited for it. I have it at three. Uh, I think it's it's a game that obviously wasn't in our radar and came onto the radar, and it, and it made a really big impression on me. It, it kind of feels like Doom meets Avowed uh, type of thing, and I think the story graphically, everything looks really awesome. Um, and I always like to kind of... I like those sleeper hits. I like those games that nobody expected anything from them, and they come out, and they're amongst the best games of the year. I think this game has that potential. Uh, so that's why I have it at three. Yeah, I have
1: trust issues, man. Uh, between Ubisoft and EA, Distrust issues. So I'm at a two
0: right now. Um, Yeah. I just hope this. Well, it's EA published, but it's made by uh, Ascend Studios, who I think they've made like. They they work from Sledgehammer. They're teams from Sledgehammer and people who made Dead Space. Are they a support studio? Is that what you mean? Yeah. No, no, no. It's a new studio made from people from from Sledgehammer. So this is their first game,
1: basically, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: too. yeah. <laughs> it's part of the EA Originals program. Yeah, too. Um, yeah, I'm proven. <laughs> let's see what you got, you know, but for now, yeah, I'm gonna be a little yeah. skeptical. Sorry, too. Um, Pablo, lies of it's Pete. Robert. What are you thinking here?
0: Um, look, some like respectable non xbox community folks have raved about lives of p and said that it's a game of high quality and it's probably the closest game to emulate the likes of bloodborne uh and i think those i think they're role-playing pinocchio honestly on this motherfucker i i can't i can't believe this game would be of that quality or even that i think that Anytime anybody goes into one of these games and it's slightly good, they're like, oh, my God, it's the next big, great thing. Neo, I'm looking at you. Uh, so I have it at 2. I'm at a 2 simply. I would be at 1, but I'm, the only reason I'm at 2 is because, like I said, some of those respectable non-Xbox community folks have said that the game is actually really good. So, you know, I'm, I can't say that Lazy P comes out and I'm completely ignoring it. Uh, so that's why I'm at 2 with it. Man, get this shit out of here.
1: I'm sorry. I, have a, I, I got it at a 1. <laughs> um, I mean, these public domain characters now with this like gritty sort of twist. Like what are we doing, man? The premise is ridiculous. Yeah, I I'm I'm not rolling. Um I don't think the game looks bad per se. I just something about the fact that they're trying to repurpose this this uh character in this world into something that's like brooding and you know, a little bit darker. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, do we really need to do that? Do we need to like do we need a Christopher Nolan this thing? Is that what we need to do? I uh, just said two like hugely triggering words for Pablo Jesus. right there with Christopher and Nolan uh, together like that. Mm. We're not going to go there, Pablo. Was, We're going to move on to the next game on our list.
0: Trigger words,
1: <laughs> like a dragon, the man who erased
0: his name. I wish Christopher Nolan would erase I his you name. I'll done. tell you that I right knew you now. Done. I mean, like <laughs> a dragon, the man who erased his name. I haven't added 2, believe it or okay. not. Look, I, I think that uh, Like a Dragon Ishin kind of lessened my expectations for, these, for for the side games of the Yakuza Like a Dragon series. It's not fatigue, but I don't know if I can sit through another one of these games in the story itself. Like, I, I love Kiryu. I don't think I give a fuck what happened between 6 and whatever happened in Like a Dragon. Um, like, wh- his journey... I don't care uh on I, i'll just be honest I, unless i got to i guess you know this is the game that's covering that but i just i don't know if it's going to be intriguing enough for me to really jump in there and be like oh this is this is quality content this is just what i wanted because what i want from them is just part uh eight you know like the dragon eight that's what really what i want uh so and, and you'll be able to play kid you there as well so I was very intrigued by this, but now I'm just at it too. I, I would love to be happily surprised by this, but really, if it turned out to be just kind of nothing, two-hour thing, you know, I wouldn't be surprised either. Yeah, I mean, they, they got to be a little
1: careful with Like a Dragon now not to not water it down and overdo it. Um, I was first excited yeah. about their roadmap um, and glad that Sega was investing so much into this series, but I'm also getting a little nervous. Still am. Um, yeah. Because I don't want them to overdo it and make a bunch of kind of inconsequential games. And if that is your concern, I understand that concern of like, okay, I don't really know if this matters in the grand scheme of the story or lore anymore. I'm still going to give it a three though, because just off the strength of, you know, never really playing a bad game in this series. I played disappointing ones, some were better than others, um, but I'm not going to let Like a Dragon Isshin kind of color my judgment here too much. Uh, I was was a little bummed about that remake uh, from earlier in the year, but I still have hope that there's something interesting they can do with this story and that maybe they're they're choosing to tell this story that bridges uh, what he did in between games for a reason. Maybe they have something interesting to do, to, to, to show here. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and let's see what happens.
0: Yeah, Three. I, I, yeah I think it's going to inform 8 because like I said before, 8, it, you're going to play Ichiban and Kiryu in the next salmon of the mainline. Yeah. So I'm sure this is going to kind of like bolster some of Kiryu's like what happened to him. But, you know... We'll yeah, see. we will. We'll see what the quality of that is for sure. Yep.
1: Well, um, let's move on, Pablo, to Marvel Spider Man two. Where you at? That's a
0: five. Come on now. Uh, let's cut. Let's cut the bullshit. Cut the shit. <laughs> uh no spider-man was amazing uh miles Morales was amazing that whole world is awesome uh, i like the I, I just like the story that they're told i like the characters the way those characters are portrayed the traversal the combat all that stuff is is a one and of course i'm super excited for for the next installment of them insomniac is they don't miss Mm-mm. undefeated the best development I think the best dev team of currently, period. Bar Ooh. none. Uh but I have them at five. All right. That was a bit of a, I have that that at five, a bit yeah. of a take
1: right there. Um I don't disagree actually.
0: I th- I mean look, when you look when you look at what they've done, you know. What can recently, you point at and
1: say, ew. Yeah, you can't. I mean, um, Nope, don't say it. The Don't say Ratchet. Well, don't say Ratchet.
0: No, 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 absolutely oh, okay. not. But uh okay. the, back in the day, like the the the, the Spider Man game they actually wanted to make but never oh, made.
1: Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. yeah, infamous. No, that was Sucker Punch, wasn't it?
0: Infamous. Yeah, infamous. Infamous. Oh, that yeah. was Sucker Punch. No, was it? No. Oh, yeah. You're right. I don't. Th- I, I don't know. Who cares? They're great. <laughs> Insomniac is great. Let's move on.
1: Uh, I got a bet of five too. Um. Anyways, yeah. It- I think there's a lot of potential here with Peter Parker and Miles Morales kind of working together. I really hope it's co-op. That would be really dope if they can pull that together somehow, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they avoid it, um, if it's just too much of a taxing demand uh, on on their, um, you know, just like, you know, if you yeah. think about like the Gotham Knights kind of situation and, you know, all that hoopla, I don't know if they want to run that risk, but it'd be cool if they did that. Yeah. I'll bet money right now that there won't be... Co-op. I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't know if it really would be a make yeah. or break for me. It'd just be really cool to do that. Um, but it, regardless, five. I mean, what are we talking about here? Um, and, and that's coming from somebody yeah. that doesn't love comic book games, but fuck, man. That, Miles Morales, all the cool DLC on, that was uh, a part of the first game. Great stuff. Right. So Right. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Here's that little niche one we've been talking about every now and again. Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Some of y'all are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> um, what are you
0: thinking here, though, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I have it at three uh, because I love these kind of games. I think they're they're just just up my alley. Yeah. They're 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 weirdly they're weirdly like just so fun to play the, for me, but. Even at that, even at the conversation I had at the top of the show with Benedict Fox and all that, I'm heavily gonna be relying on reviews on this one. Uh, but that's why it's at three. I, I I'm 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 hoping it's great. I'm excited for it. Uh but if it just happens to be mediocre or meddling in any way, shape or form, that's gonna have to be a skip for me because it's 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 coming out in a, in that mm-hmm. it's coming out in that in that weird time where, you know, there's a lot of games surrounding yeah. it. So. You got an eighty nine open credit prediction though. You you must think something's gonna happen good. Um, well, I do. I, I think that I think that these kinds of games, uh, when they're hitting on all levels in terms of like when people really love them. I think that they're among the better reviewed games of the year, really. When you look at uh yeah uh meant what was uh I the Files, the first mm-hmm. one. Uh highly reviewed game. People Second love that. One even I more. think it's the same studio. Yeah the second one even more, you know, um, and the, stu- the studio behind it is the same one doing this one. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, uh, it, the pedigree is there. It's just, again, this has to be 89. It has to be, it has to It has to hit the expectations that I'm waiting for for me to, to cop, but I, I think it will. So that's why it's at three. Yeah, I'm vaguely interested in it.
1: I have it at two. Um, I think it's an interesting mm-hmm. art style. I like the overall vibe of it. I think if it gets, it, it's going to hang its hat on its narrative and I think the narrative is going to make or break it um and i've been a little bit worried about them narratively with how they've handled some of their recent games so i'm not ready to say i think it's going to be a absolute banger but i do think uh it's going to have to be pretty damn good to break through um the noise of other heavy hitting games excuse me coming out around that time um so yeah yeah it's it's on you got to make it happen um up next oxen free 2 lost signals coming everywhere but xbox (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> jeez um what are you thinking here man i have that three um i saw the gameplay it's been so long since the first oxen free the first oxen free super special um i i've seen their, their games after oxen free and they've been less so uh so i'm kind of worried that oxen free was kind of the game they've been making their whole lives and then the sophomore slump uh, you know, could hit. Yeah. So I have it at three. I'm 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 just like Master Detective Archives Drain Code. I'm kinda like in the middle where it's like it, it, it's gotta hit, you know, it's gotta be pretty good in order for me to kind of jump on it, though. I probably have a little bit more leeway on it, uh, because it is a sequel to a game that I really loved. Uh I'm just skeptical, just slightly skeptical that they'll be able to pull off the same stuff they did with Oxen Free 1, just because of everything they've done post that. It hasn't been has not has, has not even been nearly as good. After party wasn't very mm-hmm. good, uh, so you know, kind of concerned that way. That it, otherwise it would have been like a four or five, just because I love Oxygen Free so much. But yeah, that's where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with four here. The first game is really near and dear to my heart. Um, played it at a time where I you know had a rough patch, and it just it always stuck with me. Is that that like game that kind of got me through a rough time? Um, so this game just by default is a four for me. Um, I will say though. Wh- Weirdly enough, I think the Netflix factor of them owning the studio is what gives me a little bit of confidence in a weird way, because I think they really need a game to come out that's very good. Um, And if this game manages to tell a really good story um, that sort of gets people interested uh, in this franchise, and it kind of serves as somewhat of a pseudo linchpin to get their gaming division sort of off the ground then i think that could be really interesting Uh, although this is not going to take the world by storm even on its best day because it's just not that kind of a franchise i still think that you know netflix wants this to really really be good uh, and get good critical reviews so maybe that's why it's taken so long for it to be ready to go they just really want to make sure they get this right Uh, so i'm gonna go with four. Uh, and we'll see how it goes. I might eat my words, but for now, I'm going to give him some benefit of the doubt. Um, Pikmin 4, Pablo.
0: Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, one. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of the series. I don't get it. I think that the reveal of Pikmin 4 was corny. Nothing about that it seemed interesting, fun, or like anything that I want any part of. Uh, if I, if, can I give it a zero? Technically that's a that's a possibility. Yeah, oh then yeah, let me let me then yeah, it's a zero. All right. Sorry, I said one, but it's definitely a zero. Uh if this is the last big game on the Switch before the next Switch that comes out next year, that'd be a travesty, y'all. Like this game is following Tears of the Kingdom, but if this is the last game on there Travesty <laughs> Only person has anyway, ever said yeah.
1: travesty like that in human history. Um <laughs> Yeah, well. I got this out of one, man. This is... It's a nightmare scenario. Someone that actually enjoys Pikmin a lot. Um, It's gone for all these years. You bring it back, and it's basically the same exact shit since it was gone. Like, why? No, it's not. You can see the sky, though. Cool. And you, get one, and you get one new Pikmin type, which was exactly what I was afraid of. Oh, it's going to be the same shit. They're just going to have a new Pikmin type and then lean into that gimmick for the whole game. That's exactly what they did, bro. And it's like, oh my God. So no, this is not a game I'm going to buy. I have no interest in this whatsoever. Honestly, this, this probably will be the last Pikmin. I, I cannot see how they can keep making more Pikmin games and not doing anything to iterate. That's worth a damn. So no, this is a one for me without question. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Todd Howard. He's making a game called Starfield. You may have heard of it.
0: What do you got here? Five, baby. You know, it's, 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 let's uh, all the noise out of the way, all the bullshit out the way. It's a Bethesda RPG. It's a new IP in like 25 years. Uh, It has all the makings of it being just pure hype all the way. Also has the, you know, it has the potential to be an incredible game, an amazing RPG. Uh, they're doing something new, something different. They're, you know, they're, they iterated on their, on their engine, uh, you know, so on their game engine. So maybe, maybe we'll get less of the, of of the, but that's the jank I'm hoping. There's a lot of going for this game. This game has to be good. All that. Yeah, sure. But I think there's a lot going for this game. I think that this game, um, it could end up being incredible. So uh, with that, in terms of the, the potential of it and who's making it and what it is, it's absolutely, undoubtedly a five for me.
1: Yeah, Starfield is a hard one to rate any less than a five for me too. Um, and, you know, look, um, I'm nervous for this game. I know when this game comes out, I'm going to have, and we've talked about this offline, like our gamer anxiety of like being nervous to play a new oh, game. Yeah. Like We just kind of like, you know, we circle it for a while. Like, you know how dogs like do that little circle around before they finally lay down in the spot they want to lay down. And that's how I am with certain games that that kind of make me anxious to play it because I'm afraid. Am I going to hate it? Am I going to like, am I going to be put off by it immediately? So I I avoid playing it for a while or something. This is the quintessential game for that. I'm so worried that I'm going to hate it, Um, but I'm so looking forward to finding out. Uh, And that's why it's out of five for me, Um, you know yeah uh, xbox be damned I'm, I'm ready to see it i want to see it um and last but not least uh before we get to last but not least you might be wondering we should we should we probably should have said this at the beginning um few games that we've omitted from the list because we've given our hype scores for them recently like the legend of zelda and final fantasy uh, 16 both spoilers fives right um i believe right pablo for you yeah yeah. yeah yeah so that's why you're probably wondering okay you said last game but you didn't say these other games what happened that's why what, that's what happened um diablo as well yes exactly yes um stellar blade pablo is the last game this is a playstation console exclusive
0: um but what do you got here i got a one i mean uh, the reveal trailer was f- fine it's when it was like a parasite project or some shit uh it looks fine to me. I, I just, it looks like one of those games that... Oh, Project just, Eve. Yeah. Yeah, Project Eve. It's it, it just one of those games to me that it's like, ah, oh, it looks fine. It looks fine. A lot of, a lot of boob tech going on in it. Uh, it's made by a, a Korean studio that's never made a game before, so a lot of things going against it. Again, this is a PlayStation exclusive, so it might end up just being absolutely fucking incredible because PlayStation, lately in the last couple of years, have just been hitting on all cylinders when it comes to kind of Taking the game off uh, out of obscurity, so but just in terms of how it's been presented so far, I don't think this is gonna be a very good game. I think it's gonna be like uh, six or like Elysium Chronicles that came out last year, where it was like kind of like nobody really talked about that game, and it was like a PlayStation exclusive. Oh, um, Valkyrie Elysium. I, I yeah. Valkyrie Elysium. Yeah, yeah sorry. Uh, I think that game was like you know that kind of, that's the same kind of vibe that I get off of this mm. uh, this game. Uh, though it does look kind of does pretty it does look pretty at times, but it's just a one. It's just not really. I hope it's good, though. Mm-hmm. You know, for sure. I got it at a three.
1: Um, you may recall, like, way back, we did uh, some predictions, and I, I picked this as my Dark Horse game of the year. Um, I'm still kind of holding on to that. Yep. I still kind of think this has potential to be the Dark Horse um, not pick. the game that's going to be like, oh, my God, this is a sudden game of the year contender, but just a game that, you know, kind of came out of nowhere and became one of the biggest surprises of the year. Um, I still think it has the potential oh, to for be bad. Sure. Uh, at the worst, it could yeah. be a mid game, like you're saying. Um, I don't think it's got anything that I'd seen that makes it look like outright bad. Like, oh, there's no way I'm buying this. Or, yeah. Like, forespoken was an immediate like, fuck no um, in comparison. So I'm going to say three. <laughs> Um, I'm kind of in a neutral yeah. position of looking forward to it, wanting to see more of it, but not quite ready to say, "Oh, this is
0: going to be and like the bangingest shit ever." Right. And again, this is we're we're not predicting like if the game's going to be good no, or no. bad. It's just we're predicting that whether the game is going to be whether we're hyped right. for it That's uh, as it's presented itself so much. So yeah, if you, I, That your stutter blade is exactly how I feel about Immortals of uh, Avium Um, mm-hmm. in that in that kind of same way, where it's kind of like. Yeah, it's if it turned out to be like one of like the greatest surprises of the year and it's like a top ten game of the year, I wouldn't be shocked for of those two games. But if it turns out it's like a five or a six, it's like yeah, that's par for the course as well. It's one of those, you know. All right. Well, will our hype scores and
1: our ultimate takeaways of these games line up? Time shall tell, Pablo. But. In the meantime, that is going to do it for our Checkpoint chat, and that's going to do it for this week's show. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, if you don't mind, at It's Cool Time, and subscribe to our show wherever you stream stuff so that you don't miss our future episodes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next
0: week. Take care. Peace out. Make me feel good.